Hi everyone, it's Tiffany and Katie, and we just want to remind you that you've got one week left to finish getting your friends to subscribe to the show to participate in our summer Sharathon. You will miss hearing the super secret episode, the truth or dare episode with Tiffany and Katie answering your questions and doing your dares, unless you get five people to subscribe to the show this very week. And really, how hard is it? You just pick up somebody's phone. You could even pick up a random stranger's phone. No, just kidding. <laughs> just pick up one of your friend's phones. Go to their podcast app. If they don't have one... Get them one. Get them one, <laughs> because hello, podcasts are amazing, and everybody should be able to have them in their life. And just search for our show, find it, and subscribe for them. Once they are officially subscribed, contact us through our website on the contact page, and just let us know the names, the first names of the five people friends or colleagues or family members who have signed up and you will be not only given the super exclusive access to our very humiliating and hopefully entertaining truth or dare episode you'll also be entered into a drawing to win a copy of my book midnight in the piazza yes and the person who gets the most subscribers automatically gets a copy so we'll do a drawing for everyone who participates and the person who gets the most new subscribers automatically wins a copy shipped directly to your door so time is running out it is time to get on this and i will say it's summer it's hot where a lot of you guys are let's be lazy about it do what lots of people have done just make a facebook post make a twitter post and have people underneath it just say subscribe subscribed i'm there i did it those people all count so if you want to do it really super simple, not in person, not giving anyone a call, just make a social media post and do it that way. Yeah. And if you don't feel like typing out a long social media post, we have an example for you that you can just copy and paste. It's right on our website, on our about page. You can also find it on our Facebook page. It'll be the very top post. If you just copy and paste that onto your own social media site or into an email, it's even easier. We have made this so easy for you people. So easy. And you love the show already anyway, so why not share it? So do that. Get on it. And if you have already done it and you haven't yet let us know that you've done it, quick, send us an email. <laughs> let us know. Yes. And shall we get to the show? Yes, we shall. Let's do it. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And we are joining you once again live from Rome. And Katie's departure is sadly imminent. Yes, we're down to the last few days. Yeah. And I was thinking a little bit because when Katie lived here for a year, although she had not been super enthusiastic to move to Rome, you were very reluctant to leave. You did not want to leave. And we even cried, if I remember. I think we got it on. Uh, I think we got it on one of the episodes. Episode goodbye, maybe. Yeah, one of the first time I ever cried on the show. <laughs> not well, the in, not in, life. in life. <laughs> and I know that it took you a long time to readjust to being a repat, to being back in the states. It took you longer to adjust to moving back to your hometown than it took you to adjust to living in a foreign country for the first time in your life, which is surprising. You think so? Well, I think it says a lot. I think, I mean, it depends. I've never moved back, so I don't know how it would be for me. 
But I honestly think it took longer for you to get over leaving Rome than it than you were even in Rome. <laughs> That's possible. So now that you're back, and it's not the first time you've come back since you lived here, but this time, you know, you're here for a month. You were here on your own. Um, you're doing like working stuff more than just vacation. So it was almost like you were living here again. You have your own place here. I'm curious if you feel that pull to move back here permanently or if you're over it. <laughs> this is a very different trip than the others because it has so, been so much work mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. We've really been working on the show a lot. And so, you know, I'm not wandering out and sitting in piazzas at night, really, or just sitting with my notebook and writing in the square. I'm often here at home working on stuff at night, like editing the show or doing interviews with people or whatever it is, whatever we have set up. So yeah, it's definitely felt like much more of a working, much less of a wandering kind of thing. Do you think that part of your reluctance to leave Rome and part of your enjoyment of your time here when you lived here was because so much of your time was unstructured and you could just sort of wander and live in your own cloud of dreams and creativity and just do your own thing and sleep in and sit in piazzas and have a aperitivo and drink wine. And do you think that was part of not just Rome, but like not wanting to give up that lifestyle? Definitely. But it wasn't just that. When I came to Rome, knowing that I didn't have a purpose here, and we've talked about this a little bit, Part of what I made my purpose here was to try to rediscover the creative self in me that I I still used at work all the time, but that had gotten buried a bit under the responsibility of being a senior producer and training interns and dealing with management and all those things that layer in in a normal job. Even a creative job has all these things that suck writing web content you know whatever (laughs) whatever the little tasks were and so I was here to try to rediscover that place and that person and so I was just doing a lot of writing and a lot of reading and I was investigating art learning all these stories that happened in Rome prior to me and so it was this wonderful time of rediscovery basically so I don't know if it was giving up that lifestyle because I knew I'd have to eventually work on something maybe I didn't even know that but it was definitely a shift in mindset where I had come as a super productive daily radio worker and left also productive, but much more creatively inspired, I guess. Now, um, it's, uh, where was I even going with that? Let me think. My main question, you can go off in different directions if you want to, but the main question was, now that you've come back and you've had a month of maybe more realistic Roman life in the sense that you're working more, if you could, if you could move here, if, if visas weren't a problem, if you knew you could at least make some money, would you move here if someone said, okay, here's a job, come tomorrow? Would you, would you take it? I don't know. I'd have to really think about it. Probably not. Wow. Because like, I think after you left, you would have definitely stayed if you'd had some kind of opportunity like that. Yeah. Well, I think when I left, I was also feeling like, this is interesting. I was also feeling like I was just starting to catch on and I was leaving too early. I was leaving in the middle of the story. Mm-hmm. The lesson hadn't totally been learned yet. And so it felt like I needed a little more time to learn the lesson. We had talked about this off the air. I don't think we ever talked about it on the air, but when I left New Orleans, I felt the same way. New Orleans, I was only there for a month. I wasn't there for a year. And so then I started thinking, oh, is that just what it is to leave? If you're in somewhere temporarily, you come in knowing nothing, you leave knowing a lot more than you knew. Do you always feel like, oh, wait, I'm just starting to get it? 
And is that just because all of a sudden you realize how much you've learned? You can remember how green you were when you got there, and then you can see this arc. But you can also see that you totally don't get it. I don't know the reality of what it is to live in New Orleans for a year, but I know a lot more about living in New Orleans than I did when I got there. And I think that it was the same thing here. Like, I don't know the reality of you living here for 10 years or 13, but I know a lot more than a person who comes here for two weeks, you know? Mm -hmm. So... So I don't know. I, I think I think because I had to work and all these things here that I've spent a lot less time just sort of appreciating the wonder and beauty of it. Also, I don't I don't have many questions about how to navigate anymore. It's not so much a where does this alleyway go? I know how to get around the city without looking it up. Mm -hmm. so, so it's not as much of like a trip of discovery. You've kind of already figured it out. Yeah, and I'm not spending as much time going, oh, well, what have I not seen? And I had these ideas of maybe when I come this time, I will go into the Coliseum because I've never <laughs> been in. Or maybe I'll go to the Stadium of Demission. I haven't done any of those things because every day I have a lunch meeting or something where, you know, I have to be somewhere. And so it interrupts the day, basically. Yeah. So you're not going to go in the Coliseum? No, not <laughs> this time. Maybe you're saving it so that you can... I think some people like when there's a place that they love that they want to make sure to come back, they purposefully don't do something that they really want to do so they'll always have an excuse to come back. Could that be it? Uh, no, because I don't really, really want to do it, but people keep telling me that I need to see it. Yeah, but you should come to Rome sometime in the dead of winter and go to the Colosseum in the dead of winter when there are... Unfortunately, Rome has become so popular as a destination spot that people come to Rome all year round. But there are never going to be as many people in Rome in late January as there are in like late June. So you can avoid some of the crowds and make it a little bit more pleasant. Yeah, I always tell people, if you want to go to the Vatican museums, be here in January. I just walked right up to the gate and bought a ticket and walked in. Mm -hmm. There was no line. There was maybe 30 people near me at any given time, not hundreds of people. It was really quiet. Or thousands or tens of thousands. Right, exactly. So January. But I don't want to say that because now everyone will come in January. <laughs> I don't think everyone's going to come in January. Everyone's like January. Writing it on <laughs> a don't notepad. Come, don't come anywhere near Epiphany because it is crowded around because it's a long weekend in Rome or it's a holiday, January 6th. So don't come around January 6th because lots of Italians travel that weekend. So people from outside of Rome will come to Rome. But late January is a great time to come to Rome. Right. So I don't know. I, I can't say that I would definitely not come because, you know, there's enough here that I really like. Any place that you spend a lot of time in, I have places I like to go and people I like to see and habits I like to do. And I, gosh, I love how cheap your food here is. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> you know, it's and, so yummy and so good. I know. So yummy. And then like, oh my gosh, your toilet paper. It's like, 89 cents i mean come on 89 cents for toilet paper well for like a good nice four pack of toilet paper it costs 89 cents well that's what i bought it for the other day oh okay because my supermarket it's more like three to four euros so i'm not sure where you're finding this 89 cent toilet paper we're gonna have to talk about this later um <laughs> but uh but you i'm just gonna repeat your words back to you okay. it was something like i wouldn't say i'm never coming back i mean it was something very it was not a very uh, enthusiastic statement. It's like something I might say about living in Germany. I'm not saying I'm never going to move to Germany, but I might. I mean, I probably won't. When you left, you wanted to stay. You were like thinking, is there any way we can stay? Derek was not interested in staying. Otherwise, you might have tried to find a way. If he had been as 
passionate about it as you, you guys might have stayed. Yeah, I'm not saying, yeah, this is what's so interesting is because it was also the mindset. This show, people are often surprised to find like how late in the process of me living here this show actually came to be because I left in what, July, early, late June, July. And we didn't start the show till March. Wait, well, we didn't start putting the episodes up until March, but we started taping around Christmas time. I'm positive. Okay, that's true. But so we were in, ramping up this project. There was a lot of stuff here you know, that was exciting and going on at the time. And I was in a super exploratory mindset. And yeah, I mean, I miss that person. <laughs> I definitely miss that person. I feel like that person was uh, at the beginning of what has since then been a really awesome journey, but I don't know if that journey is just meant to be rooted in Rome at this point. Mm -hmm. And I think also that kind of lifestyle when you're sort of living in some place and you're, you're not really tethered and you're just sort of exploring it. I don't think it's sustainable as a lifestyle. I think it's something fun that you do for a year, but you couldn't have kept on doing that. You would have eventually had to get some kind of gainful employment. Probably. True, but the goal is always that the employment is the stuff that's like that, that taps into that. Yes, but even if it becomes employment, there's always going to be, it eventually does become your job. And as much as you love it, it's your job. And there's always a different feeling towards your job as towards something you're dreaming about doing. Right? True. I mean, it's like the dream come true to have your, your art and your and your passion become your job, but when you have to do something and you're not choosing to do it, it's never as fun, right? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. It's sort of the the what do you do that you expect to be paid for versus the stuff that you expect not to be paid for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I don't expect to be paid to draw ever, but so maybe I like drawing for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta say I'm a little sad because I've been sort of living under the uh, <laughs> illusion that someday you were gonna move back to Rome. I kind of always thought, well, It'll eventually happen. But now I'm thinking, because I gave you kind of the perfect situation where you had legal standing, you didn't have to worry about how am I going to live there legally, you had a job, you were able to live. That does not happen for everyone, especially not right away. And the majority of people who move to Rome who are not in the EU generally are living here illegally, at least for a short period of time. And then a lot of them have to struggle with employment because it's yeah. jobs are scarce here and they don't pay very much yeah i mean i guess if it was the ideal situation as you say i guess because i kind of know i'll never be in that ideal situation maybe that colors my thinking mm. but if it was this ideal situation where i come here and i have this amazing job and blah 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 then yeah i probably would go well i didn't say amazing job i said you have a job you're able to live i'm saying yeah. you're not destitute you're not like oh my gosh how am i gonna scrabble together is that the word? There is a word. How am I, I my English is so bad. How would you say it in Italian? I don't know. Cobble together. That's the word I was looking for. Cobble, scrabble, kind of rhyme. How am I going to cobble together money to like pay the rent on my crappy apartment? I'm not talking about that kind of situation, but I'm also not talking about like I'm living in a penthouse in Piazza di Spagna and I'm, and I'm doing my dream job. So some place in between there. Yeah, because that would be impossible. Um, Maybe it would depend because I'm also to that point where, you know, I'm old enough now where I don't want to just say yes to any kind of job, you know, mm -hmm. and that's actually something that I've learned here. And by being a freelancer and in the intervening years that began when this show began was that now I realize that I have a certain level of expertise. I am very good at saving money and not spending too much. 
So I kind of know that I can create cushions for myself. And so right now I'm very much trying to practice not saying yes to things because I'm fearful that there won't be something else behind it, if that makes sense. Like saying yes to jobs of things that I don't want to be doing because I feel like this person's actually offering me money currently to do this thing. I'm trying to take a look at the bigger picture and say, what am I working toward? What do I want to be doing? Instead of doing that desperate say yes to anything and that's really hard to do it is hard especially when you're an expat yeah and it would be really hard for me to say i'm going to move to rome at the expense of whatever you already did that once and it was a big sacrifice yeah it was a huge sacrifice so how how many years can i keep doing that you know keep i don't know but that's another question too because as soon as i start to say that i think well what is life about it's not about i've shifted how i feel about it i don't necessarily feel like getting some job and scrabbling myself up and trying to make some legacy within some organization is what I want to do either like I want to explore the world I want to see I want to talk to people I want to keep exploring big ideas so do you think that having lived in Rome makes you more or less likely to become in future an expat in a different country knowing how much it takes and how much you have to give up but also knowing what it brings you and how it enriches your life that's these are hard questions thank god i'm the interviewer most of the time um i'm learning from the best (laughs) uh that is so hard to answer also because i was thinking about this yesterday actually when i was doing a different interview and it didn't actually come up in the interview so this is not a thought you've already heard but i was thinking about the fact that this show exists and these big questions that we explore and that people listen in on and that they're asking themselves too. And I was thinking back to my radio career and I think oftentimes if I continually do a radio piece about a particular subject, it often is because I'm trying to figure out something about my life, you know, or trying to get up the courage about something. So for example, the most obvious example is I did this piece where I Got to know this couple and I was there at the birth of their child. And you taped it, didn't you? I taped it, yeah. So I spent all this time with them, getting them used to having a microphone in their face so that I could be at the birth of their child because I thought that that would be an incredible moment to capture on the radio. And it was. It was an incredible moment to capture on the radio. I still can't listen to it without getting emotional. But it wasn't enough for me. So I got to know another couple and I went through the whole process with them. And theirs was much more difficult. It was a really hard and horrible delivery and all these things. That all worked out okay. Like the kid was fine, but it was a lot more painful and much more of an ordeal and much more boring in some ways than um, the first one had been. But I think about why did I need another couple? Mm. I ended up using that tape too, but the first couple told a story that I needed to, to tell. I didn't need another couple. But something about me had to go through it again. Sometimes I think I have become, or both of us have become this symbol of like what people want to do or what they dream of doing or they're trying to get up the courage to do or whatever. But I'm still in that same spot. I did it once, but I didn't have to do it alone. I didn't have to do it without any kind of financial support. You mean an expat? Yeah, or like even making a dramatic move like that. Okay, but I'm sorry, I'm still back on this child thing. Do you think it was because you wanted to have a child that you did it twice? No, not necessarily. But I think I needed to know what it was like to have a child. 
And you think the taping it made you know what it's like? No, I got I, well. I got to see what it was like yeah. to have a child without having to have it. I do a lot of that. A lot of what I love about my job is I get to see what it's like to do something without actually having to do it, mm-hmm. without having to commit to doing it long term. Mm-hmm. So I know what it's like to be in a hip replacement surgery, but I don't have to be the surgeon. Or what else? I know, uh, what else cool have I done? You, didn't you work with um, an undertaker? Yeah, I know what it's like to work in a morgue, but I don't have to do that as for year after year after year after year. Yeah. So, yeah, it's sort of like you get to dive bomb in and, and see what other people's lives are like without committing to anything yourself. That is fascinating. It's an incredible opportunity. Although I would argue, and I will argue on behalf of all mothers out there, that even if you're there, you don't know what it's like to have that baby. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. And I and I won't. But I at least know what it's like to be in the room and see a child be born. Yeah. I know what that feels like. Yeah, I'd never done that before. I mean, I the only birth I've ever been in was, at the, was the birth of my son. So. Yeah, which is probably the most emotional place that you could be in the room. You know, like <laughs> me being at the foot of the tub is different than her husband and her yeah. experience. So. So, but back to being an expat, you did it, and now? This topic, it's like, and it's not even just being an expat, it's also the search for place and meaning and all those bigger questions that we get into. But I don't think that because I did it once, I'm any more, I'm maybe more likely to do it again because I have experience knowing that it worked out okay, that I'm resilient, that I can make friends and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I'm kind of doing that now. In a way, I'm not moving to a different country, but I'm constantly having to start over and that's getting sort of tiring in itself. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, I'm becoming more comfortable with constant change, but is it what I ideally want for my life? I think I'm, I do the show all the time because I still have all of these questions that I need to have answered and, and I'm sourcing my information from all of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if I'm explaining that right, but... Obviously, we haven't hit the bottom of the well here, so... I don't think we ever will. Yeah, um, I know, because we're talking about, like, life and death and meaning and home and all these massive questions now, so how do you ever hit the bottom of that? You can't. Yeah, I definitely think age has something to do with it as well. I think when you become an expat for the first time at 19 or something, it's easy to say at 25, okay, I know I've done that, I can do it again. But when you become an expat for the first time in your late 30s, and it's an amazing experience, even if it's a positive experience to move back home and then five years later say okay I'm going to do this again as you get older it does I think get harder to put yourself back into those situations especially as you build a life not just a life but a career a real career for yourself and you're like do I want to keep pausing my career or getting derailed or going backwards or you know I mean that's not that's not not to say that's always how it happens but it can yeah it's always a risk yeah I know I think if anything the pause makes you see what's next in a different way Uh, this is getting almost too heady for me to figure out there are certain things that i think about all the time that i have a really hard time explaining to other people i definitely from an outsider's perspective derailed my career as it stood in seattle but because i pushed the pause button on that and then i came here and then i went back there and then i'm moving all over the place blah 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 listen to the show different opportunities are coming up that I wouldn't have had otherwise. So I don't really feel like I completely derailed my career. No, I didn't mean to suggest that you had. I didn't, no, I didn't mean, I wasn't talking just about you. I was talking about in general, it can happen. No, I know, but I mean, that's what I'm saying is that I'm less fearful about that now because I feel like 
any kind of different move you make, as long as you're creative and have skills <laughs> that you've developed over time, you're going to be led to new and interesting places that maybe is what you'll end up wanting to have done or what you want your career to be versus, and it would have been something you didn't even think of. So I'm not totally against. No, well, that's what I mean when I, that's why I was asking you if being an expat makes you more likely to do it again, because only having done it, do you know that? You can hear people talk about it. Oh, you know, I moved to Japan and it changed my life, but you're kind of like, mm, okay. But until you do it for yourself and you have the proof of that, you don't, almost believe that that's true so having done it once makes you think well this year i spent in rome completely changed the trajectory of my life for the better and i have all these creative projects that it would that would never have come to be otherwise i know so if if opportunity presents itself again i'm going to go for it again because i know that it can only bring me it can it can not necessarily only bring me positive things but it has the potential of bringing me very positive things Okay, fine. I changed my mind. <laughs> Feel free to invite me to come stay in Rome and uh, work for you for a decent salary and I'll, I'll consider it. Or somewhere else. I mean, I didn't say just Rome. I meant just in any other country. Well, I mean, it would be way convenient for this show if I lived in Rome. True. Way True. So. Yeah. Or we could both move somewhere. Yeah, I know. What about you moving somewhere else? I'm totally open to it. Sometimes I sit and think when I was younger, Katie and I were opposites when we were kids. Like, I didn't just want to move abroad. I wanted to live everywhere. When I was, I think, 18, I was working for my dad in the summer after high school and before college. And one of my many very glamorous and exciting duties was to stick labels on envelopes for his big newsletter that he sent out. Because, of course, newsletters back in those days, you mailed them out. And he had mostly American clients, but he had some international clients. And I always had to keep my eye out for the international addresses so I could put those envelopes aside and put, you know, more stamps on them. As I put them on, I used to pretend, <laughs> this is just a weird thing that I always used to do and still sometimes do in my mind, just sort of like make these, like invent these like totally random realities for myself. And I was like, okay, all of the addresses are places that I'm going to live one day. It wasn't, I'm going to visit these countries. It's, I'm going to live in these countries. As far flung as Europe to like Oman to Japan. And I always used to think, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to live there and I'm going to live there and I'm going to live there and I'm going to live there. I just wanted to try everything. And I've only, besides getting my master's in Canada, I've only ever been an expat in Italy. And as much as I love Italy and as much as it's a huge part of my writing and my inspiration for my writing, that part of me still is there. I've always said I want to live in at least five countries before I die. And if you're going to put down roots for 13 years in every one, you better get moving well, on that. Exactly. You can't do that. So, But there are a couple places that I would love to live. I would love to live in the south of France. I'm kind of itching to live in Vienna for some reason. I've just read a lot about how, I mean, I've been there and I loved it, but I've just read about a lot, a lot about it. It's like one of the best qualities of life in the world or in Europe or something. And I also have heard that Portugal is one of the best places to be an expat. And I loved Lisbon. So I'm like, God, I would love to live in Lisbon. I would love to live in Vienna. I would love to live in like Arles in the south of France. I would love to live in a small town in Northern Italy. But I'm on the cusp, or I hope I am, of a career in which I could potentially live anywhere. I mean, that's the goal. That's kind of been the goal my whole life is to have a career that enables me to just work from wherever I am. That's not the case for my husband. So we couldn't do this until either I'm making so much money that I could support both of us and our son, or he also gets some kind of a job like that. So it does make it a little more complicated. 
definitely yeah yeah uh i don't even know where to go from that but yeah i mean i feel for me i'm working toward that too i'm trying to be to a point where i'm untethered so that i can move around and i'm sort of doing it right now although i'm not making enough money right now so it's got a limited scope on it but i also feel like when i look at my life objectively now the last five years of my life since i was got here I think of myself as extremely privileged and lucky that this is what happened. That even though I get so tired of constantly moving, like we just moved to San Francisco and I don't know next to anybody there. And sometimes because we've moved so much and I've tried to fit in so many different places that I think about starting again there. And I think, oh my gosh, I don't even want to begin. Like I don't even want to meet people now. But I do, obviously, if I'm going to stay there. I'm starting to get to the point where it feels daunting to begin over and over and over again. But at the same time, I acknowledge the fact that the last year you lived in New Orleans. Now you've been in Rome for the last month and who knows where else you're going to get to go from here. I mean, that's pretty great. That's a position I was not in. I could have probably been in that position financially eight years ago, 10 years ago, but I wouldn't have been there mentally. So whatever that shift has been, has been good last question and then we can end but um do you see yourself staying in san francisco long term i always say that i haven't been there long enough to answer that question yet Mm -hmm. because i got there in january and i've traveled so much that i feel like i've hardly been there Mm -hmm. but do i see myself there long term no probably not and where do you see yourself but that's the question i don't know thus all of your exploration this past year Yeah, I mean, it makes the most sense for me to be in Seattle because the people I love the most are there, but I'm also tired of it there. I can get that. I mean, that's what I would ask you, but we should end, is don't you feel like after 13 years in Rome, you're a little tired of it? I mean, it's hard to be tired of the Pantheon. You'll never get tired of the Pantheon, but I'm talking about the larger picture of what this city is. I am tiring of it, but I think that my dissatisfaction with Rome stems primarily from the fact that I'm not living the city the way that I used to. When I lived in the center of town, I lived in Trastevere, when I didn't have a kid so I could go out anytime I wanted, you know, Claudia and I would go out to dinner, just walk out our door and we'd be in the middle of Trastevere three to four times a week and we would just go and get something to eat. Every weekend I went to an exhibit or I took a walk downtown. That's just not my reality anymore. Even my commute, I almost wrote a blog post on it, but I was so lazy in the past few years about blogging. But I almost wrote a blog post on literally the things that I pass on my commute to work, like the amazing monuments that I see. And that's just not my reality anymore. And I love my neighborhood. It's very nice. It's very clean and safe and green. But I don't live the city of Rome the way that I used to on a daily basis. You know, there's a lot of negatives to living in Rome, which we talked about <laughs> um, a few episodes ago. And when you don't have the positives to make up for the negatives, it can be not worth it anymore. And I'm kind of in that spot right now. But the love that I have for Rome is so deep. It's like when you're in a marriage and you're going through a really bad patch, but you're like, I love this person so much that I'm going to ride it out. It's kind of like that right now because I have this deep, true love for Rome, more than most other expats in Rome that I know. So right now it's kind of like testing my love for Rome, whether or not I can stay the course. But I, like I said, I would never say I'm never leaving Rome because there's plenty of places that I would, that I would love to go. And I have my moments, trust me, where I'm like, I cannot stand this city anymore. 
maybe that's what it is because i'm definitely don't feel like i'm over it i haven't gotten to that point and i haven't been here long enough to say oh yeah i never need to come to rome again you know mm -hmm. but yeah to bring it full circle this could be the first time i've been here where it's sort of like you living out of the center She's piazza san cosimato people no, no no i'm talking about you <laughs> but i think it's it's similar to me because one because i've been working so much but two because i'm here alone so i'm more likely to stay in and work and cook than to do what you and claudia would do and wander out and go eat somewhere so maybe that's the thing too is that i'm also not going to the exhibits i'm not taking advantage of all the things that i really really love here mm -hmm. as much as i have in the past and maybe that's that's my own fault and I think that's also just because I've been moving and seeing so much in the last year that maybe I feel like I don't need to see as much right now. I don't know. But I think that that certainly has changed what this particular trip experience of Rome has been like. Yeah, I can totally see that. All right, we should leave it there. Yeah, okay. So until next time, we're still in Rome. Katie and Tiffany here. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Just a quick reminder... The share is almost over. So if you haven't participated yet, make sure to do it soon. How about right now? Do it right now. Yes, just get five of your friends to subscribe. Let us know that you have, and you will be entered to win a copy of my book. And you will also receive special exclusive access to our Truth or Dare episode. That's right. And I'm hoping that it really lets me show off my audio editing talents. So don't miss that. <laughs> you got one week. Go, go, go. Get your friends to sign up for the show and you will be not only given exclusive access to our very humiliating and hopefully entertaining Truth or Dare episode, but you'll also get a copy of my book for free. Actually, wait, no. <laughs> you'll also... <laughs> Sorry, no. <laughs> you better cut that. I will. <laughs> you'll, <laughs> you'll also be entered into a drawing to win a copy of my book, Midnight in the Piazza.